This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Alina. We both lost babies to SIDS in winter 2021. In the throes of grief, I reached out to a stranger on the internet and our friendship was born. In the years since, we've been working hard to survive, rebuild, and navigate the continual challenges that have come our way, including divorce, job loss, dating while bereaved, moving multiple times, health scares, pregnancy and parenting a living child, starting new jobs, and so much more. We are tired. Happily Ever After is out of the question for us, but this podcast documents our journeys to happier ever after because we believe life after loss is worth living. So join us as we laugh, cry, cry until we laugh. <laughs> Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. There we go. Hello? Yeah, I, I have a really nice computer set in front of me that I borrowed in an office, but I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so christine it's nice to meet you my name is alina we've never met but judith and christine you know each other so we why do. don't you guys talk about that for a sec so that everybody gets it okay i miss you and it's so wonderful to see you i miss you too and it's good to see you um okay we'll get started <clears throat> so hi everyone um this is judith this is it is mom alina quinn's mom and we have and with Christine's us want to introduce yourself <laughs> and I'm Christine, and I'm Miranda's mom. Miranda's mom. And Christine and I met at a retreat, when was it, a year and a half ago? It was yep. six months after mm-hmm. Aiden died. Um, it's called Hayden's Heart. And I don't know what inspired me to go. You know, it was before I met Alina, and I really was just looking for some camaraderie and, like, help, and I didn't know where to go. And I had this idea that I should go on a grief retreat. So I did some Google searching and like somehow they had like one spot available at this Aiden's <laughs> Heart retreat. And so I just signed up and I like booked the flight the next day and I went. And there were a lot of women there, a lot of incredible, fantastic women there. But the one that I think that I connected to the most was Christine. <clears throat> and so yeah. I have been dying to get her on the podcast. Christine, I'll let you introduce yourself in one second. But let me just say that she is the funniest person that I know. You are just, she's an open book. She like says exactly what she's thinking. She just yep. has the best stories, the funniest, like just job. She's just like an epic um, person. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, but I did the same thing. Okay. So I don't know how I ended up at Hayden's house, but I'm, I'm really glad I did. I think <laughs> after Miranda died, I just like was searching like on Google, 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 Google. And then things started happening and I ended up in these places and I'm like, oh my God, like, how did I get here? So you it's a little intimidating. You went to one in Costa Rica, right? Yep. Yep. I you... did Costa Rica. I did, um, I had another one pop up a year and a half after she died that they reached out and said, oh, you applied and we've accepted you. And I'm like, who, who are you? Like, I don't even remember <laughs> applying, but I'm like, all right, I'll go, you know, um, and that one was crazy ass intense. Okay. That was super intense, but I'm glad I went, you know, every single retreat I went on, um, brought a different thing into my mind, but a different person too. Like I met a per, it wasn't even the programs. It was a person that I met like you, you know, Uh, it's like you meet a person, you connect and that helped a wicked lot, you know? 
but yes. I do have a crazy job. I work in the automotive industry and I am an open book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I retired, like I used to be really, really good at my job and now I'm not, but I think I can, I think I can ride this like my past for probably another five years. Okay. It's true. Like, That's all you have left. You're running out of gas. Yeah. Like, it's like, I think I got five years left in me, but like I'm in the automotive industry and so it's all male. So it's been interesting with this journey too, because it's hard for guys to talk about stuff, but because I'm so open, like they're kind of like, I ran in this place today. I'm at a Subaru dealership. I ran in and I'm like, Oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. And I need an office and, and, and a computer now. And they were, they just looked at me and said, go in here. Like nobody even asked any questions, you know, <laughs> like, why are you here? What do you like? So, and, and they don't care. And they keep walking by the window. They probably think it's like, I don't know, that I'm talking to the president of Subaru. Or um, so little do they know you're on a dead baby <laughs> podcast, a, a bereaved parent podcast. <laughs> and I, and I do think that laughter is wicked important, but I also think it's a way to hide like the one that, I went on that was a year and a half, like later they contacted me, it was not a a warm and fuzzy retreat like the one we went on, Judith. Like yeah. Judith and I was like, you know, meet your tribe, be taken <laughs> care of. Um, yes. The one that I went on in March was like, cut you open, you know, <laughs> let you yeah. bleed out right there in front of everybody. And then everyone kind of puts you back together. Very good. Like it was very, very good to do. Um, but it's funny because like, yeah, I was, I was cracking jokes there and the, um, they have like really, really talented therapists and all of them were like, Oh my God, Christine, like you are so hard to get through to because you just joke about everything. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, they're like, yeah, like, you're, you're kind of a tough case. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. What was the name of that other place? I want to make sure I link both in the show notes. So, what was the name of the other retreat? So, it's on site and they have a program that's called Helping Parents Heal. Um, it is, it is, it's insanely good, like insanely, insanely, insanely good. Uh, probably, and I've been like one of these therapist junkie even prior to losing my daughter, (laughs) you know, and. I've done all sorts of therapies and stuff. And I, I will say they are the best I've ever seen. You know, wow. best, best, best. And it's it's no charge. Um, it's a bougie, bougie place. We gotta place. sign up. Before I'm linking that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta sign yeah. up or else we'll never get on there. <laughs> Super bougie place, like high end, high end. And a gentleman that lost his son, I think his name is like uh, John Hoyt. He's like a music producer um sports guy he actually pays for everyone he wrote it's it's like seven grand for a week and he wrote he paid for 48 people oh wow yeah yeah the i would say like our audience generally is in this period of building a family so like let's Mm -hmm. say in their 20s 30s Maybe you're like a touch out of that phase in life. Ah, a little bit, yeah. Like, like my old movies dried up a long time ago. Um, but but I hang and out with our young people. I, I want to hear. Yeah. 
about a little bit because I because your decision to have Miranda was so intentional. I want to hear yeah. if you could just like tell us a little bit about that, and then I, uh, the conversation that I really want to have is that Miranda was not a baby. Mm -hmm. uh, she wasn't a baby at all. Mm -hmm. She was an adult. She was 20, 20. How old is she? 25. 25. Yep. 25. 25. Yeah. yeah. She was a young lady. And you and I have had many conversations about what's the similarities between losing a baby and losing a, an adult child mm -hmm. and what the differences mm -hmm. are. And mm -hmm. then the other conversation I want to have, which is, I think is such a vulnerable conversation, which you and I have had before, which is um, what's worse and what's better. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think the truth is all wondering that. And I mm -hmm. want us to kind of have that open conversation. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Miranda. First, tell us about who she is a person and how she came into this world. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit about the differences and similarities of losing an adult and a child. Okay. Adult so child. Um, yeah, Miranda was 25 years old when she passed. Um, she was like insanely pretty, like an adorable, pretty girl. Um, and life, like life was great until the end of high school. And then a series of things happened, bad boyfriends that were abusing her. We had a, a peeping Tom that like creeped into her window. We had all this weird stuff happen. Um, and she started with wow. anxiety. Uh, she had health issues and she had anxiety and she also like to party like most 25 year olds, you know, um, Miranda died. I originally thought it was a liver failure, but I just recently got all her medical stuff and I started weeding through them. And, um, I believe she, I mean, she had an autoimmune, um, problem and it caused her liver to be, her, all of her organs to basically be compromised. So she would have had to live a very healthy lifestyle. And she, she partied, you know, she had fun. She went out drinking with the girls and stuff. So the end of her life was difficult because I was trying to make her um, live a certain way. I, I, something in me knew Miranda was, could die. Something knew it. Even though everybody told me I was crazy, something knew it. And so I would, of course, tell her this. And um, she thought I was crazy. Like, what kind of mother says, like, you, you need to do this or that. You're, you could die. Like, I was like a crazy person. But anyway, that's a lot. It's just that her, the end of her life was complicated um, as the beginning of her life was complicated. So um, I had Miranda. And I think I know what you're kind of alluding to, which brings my son in as well to the conversation. So I wanted to have Miranda very, very badly. It was the only thing I knew that I wanted was to be a mother. Um, I was with my ex-husband and he decides he doesn't want to have children. Um, and I basically laid a line in the sand and said, we're going to either have children or you're going to go, you know, and this is the date that I'm going off the pill. And I followed through <laughs> with it ended up getting with Miranda. Um, and it was like a bumpy, it was bumpy, you know? Um, but he did stick around a little. And then, um, then I decided 
I didn't want Miranda to be alone. Like I, I was an older mom and I'm like, I don't want her to be alone. I want her to have a sibling. Like it's really important for her to have a sim sibling. He was not down for that. Um, we ended up breaking up. I had my son with artificial insemination. So Corey was the one that was artificial inseminated to be Miranda's forever sibling. And it's very ironic and sad <laughs> now that Corey is left behind. Yeah. And, you know, Miranda's, you can't blame anything, right? But I wanted yeah. it so bad that, like, I did artificial insemination before it was a thing. Like, you know, like this Turkey is baster, like old design. fashion. Well, a little bit. So I didn't, and then it wasn't covered uh, under insurance. I traded car deals with doctors. So um, I had a, a infertility um, doctor in San Francisco that I got him a deal on a Mercedes that was hard to get. I, my OBGYN wanted uh, this other car. I put together a deal and he was chief of staff at a hospital. So they allowed, they said, if I let patients, I mean, uh, students watch, they would donate the hospital room for the incident. Like I put together this deal to get my son. You made it happen. I'm impressed. You made it happen. I don't remember ever thinking it wouldn't. Like, I don't remember thinking, no. well, this is far-fetched or, yeah. you know, weird. I just was like, I want him and I'm going to have, well, I wanted him to be a girl, but, you know, get everything you want. <laughs> um, but I was like, I want him and I'm going to have him and I'm not going to just go out to some bar and pick up some rando, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Um, which it wouldn't have mattered if I did. I found that out too. But um, So it was a weird journey and it has complications to it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I forced something on them, on Miranda and Corey. You're going to be in this world and you're going to be together. And now they're not. You know, yeah. it's just a lot. It was a lot. But, but she was fabulous. All Miranda wanted was to be a mother. She reminds me a lot of Judith. She's a little bit, that's what my attraction was right off the bat was, you know, she's kind of got that like ballsy attitude. and Yeah. And to know. set the stage, like if we go back in the way back machine yeah. at the time, Judith, that you went on this retreat and met Christine, you were trying to yeah. get pregnant with your now living yeah. daughter. Yes. Yeah. And Christine, Actually, like, you were pregnant with her, but you didn't know yet, right? I, didn't didn't know. Know. I was also not sober the entire weekend, but so I really didn't know. But yeah. Christine believes hundred percent I would have more children. She like yeah. was she was like, Of course you'll have kids. You want kids, you'll have kids. And in yeah. my mind it was such a question. And to hear someone who basically said, I made it happen, it was very comforting to me because I was like, Look, no matter what, if you want it, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that was really that was really comforting, I think. And I just, think you can though. Like I think that's it. Like if you want something, I mean, you just gotta make it happen. I mean did I, hell or high water one way or another. Yeah, one way or options. another. You and I bonded, even though our, our, our children died under such different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of want to talk about that as to like, what did you see as the similarities? What do you see as the differences? And as our journeys have kind of continued on. So how do you see it? Do you see it as the same? Do you see it as a difference? Um, both. Like, so I, mm -hmm. I see this a lot because I, I also have done a million different groups and you hear 
stories from everybody, you know, when you go into these groups and everything. And, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's different. I see the similarity that once you lose a child, you're broken, like your heart is broken open. I mean, you're not broken as a person, but your heart is broken. And I don't, I don't believe it ever mends for that. I think it's just a piece is gone and your body's just continuously sending out pings for your child and coming back with nothing and it's painful and even if you have new another child or you have other children that your body's still looking for that child so i think that you share that sense of feeling like wow like something is missing i can't and you keep reaching for it and it's not there you know and it makes you feel out of sorts with the community like you're out in the world and you don't even know why you're not connecting. And, and yeah. you know, I, so I think there's a, a shared thing of like pain, like mm-hmm. be, having extreme pain. And, and, and that confusion that. around your own identity, I think is also shared no matter yeah. what. Like, like, am I why? still yeah. mom? Am, am I, I still, still their me? mom? Yeah. Yeah. Am like, I still me? Yeah. Good question. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I me? And like, why is, why can't I get a grip on this? You know? Yeah. And I think that what I see, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, from watching mm-hmm. when I watch, like, it's like, so when you lose a baby, you lose so much, like the opportunity to see them do so much, you know? And so you're yeah. missing out on things of the the future and things you never got to say or experience and all that. So, yeah. And they talk about empty arms, you know, your your arms are empty. You used to say that Judith to me, my arms feel empty. You told me once that, um, that I have so many more years ahead of me than you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that you felt bad that I I, had. Yeah. That's the other thing. I'm 61 years old. So, And, and this sounds morbid, but it doesn't to someone who's lost a child. I'm closer to being with my child. Yeah. Okay. So I look at someone who's just starting out and think, oh, my God, like they have so much longer pain to deal with. Yes. And um, I think to myself, but, so like for me, my son died at three months and 27 days. So I got yeah. three months and 27 days with him. And then I have 60 years without him. Right. You had 25 time. years with her. And probably and, 25 years without her. Yeah. Which and is it's also, gonna, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Um, but I do think when I like, so when you listen to people who've lost children that are older, though, a lot of times there were um, arguments you had fight. Like I have memories of arguments with my child mm-hmm. where she said, shitty things. I said shitty things. And and every parent does. I mean, my daughter and I were super tight, but you're going to fight when you become, you know, a certain age. And so her own person and her own, she was an adult, you know, I, I, I think that is one of the things that I've noticed when talking to people who've lost older children is there's more opportunity for the relationship to be a little bit more complex. Whereas I think the love between a new mother and a new baby is probably the simplest thing in the world. It's pure. It's so pure. It's, just, it's, it's very pure. Whereas, yeah. you know, um, you're grieving some lost memories. And I'm also, I, I mean, I grieve that too. I would love to see, have seen her as a mother. I'd love to see her married. 
but I also am grieving like, oh, I wish I had cherished that moment more. Or I wish, you know, God, why did I miss her lacrosse game? Like I should have gone to every single one. Like I would have drank it up had I known, you know? So I think there's a difference, but I also still think there's that similarity of just an unbelievable pain that you're like almost desperate to fix and you can't. And like, I, I don't think I said this in a mother's meeting last Saturday and I, I got some weird looks, but, um, I don't think that it makes a difference how your child dies either. It's like you have this grief. So like, like everything has a different bag that you get with it. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of suicides now. And so, you know, the, the, a lot of mothers that have lost a child to suicide will be like, Oh my God, you don't understand. And then there's overdoses and there's addiction issues. There's accidents, there's disease and cancer and none of them are good. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean? like, that's so, the thing. I yeah. think like the, the key, the crux of it is that there is no scenario where a child is supposed to die before their parent. I think right. pretty much every every other loss, like siblings can can die in either order. Husband and wife mm-hmm. can die in either order. A parent is supposed to die before the child. This this relationship is pretty much the one where you're not meant to biologically mm-hmm. survive the loss of your child. Like there's right. a reason it's so painful. It's because we've evolved over centuries to protect <laughs> these little creatures. And when they die, it's really hard to deal with, of course. Right. So, I'm preaching to so, the yeah, choir. I don't think there's a, a you know any one that's worse than another, and and also I there's some mothers that um, in the group that don't have other children, and so they lost their only child that was 20, say. And like I have a friend, and she was saying to me, "Yeah, but you'll be a grandmother, you know. You'll be, you know, I lost my only child. You have another child." And I'm like, I, I understand you probably feel like that is harder to carry. There's no measurement, I don't think, you know, on how yeah. hard. Because, like, yes, I, I feel for her, like, oh, my God, like, that is awful. Mm-hmm. But And I'm for, but, grateful but on for the my other son. Hand, you're also, you're grieving. I think what you're trying to get at, and I totally agree with yeah. you, is that they're all better or worse in certain ways. So you're sitting here, yeah. you're, you have another child, which is wonderful. You still have the opportunity to see him grow into yeah. a full-fledged adult, possibly get married, have children of his own, become a grandmother, et cetera. You get that. But you also right. have to watch him grieve, deal with the com- complexity of, of the, the pain of watching your child grieve his sister. I mean, it's none of it's fucking yeah. good. It's all bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no good. Like, yeah, like I watch him grieve. I hate watching my son. In, it's it's terrible, yeah. you know, and I'll never be Miranda's child's grandmother. But I also do see what she's saying. So, I mean, I, exactly. I guess um, I don't I guess there's, it's one thing that's not measurable. You can't yeah. measure grief and and this is so interesting to me because in our in our community i think this is kind of what judith's trying to get at in our community there's a lot of like which is worse stillbirth or sids but when you zoom out those are really kind of close together on the spectrum and i think i think a conversation about which is worse is like just almost besides the point like they're all bad (laughs) so we're all suffering so hard 
And I know that's yeah. the reason like Judith and I don't feel any particular we're we're very inclusive of all types of baby loss explicitly on this podcast, but I'm also like so happy to have you here to talk to the experience yeah. of losing a child who's so much older because there's so much that we can learn from you and and they're all it's so similar in a lot of ways. It really is. It, it really and, is. There's no but. measuring it. I don't think yeah, you can I measure it. We were, um, I remember we were sitting next to each other on the couch and you told me that when you were out of town when Miranda passed. And you were telling yeah. me that you were texting back and forth with her doctor about like, should I bring her in? Should I not bring her in? And I saw in your eyes, you were playing, like I always thought because Aiden died of SIDS and we don't know what SIDS is, that, um, that that's why I was questioning every single thing I did. And that's why right. I was like, I don't understand. I couldn't understand. But here was a situation where your daughter had a medical diagnosis. And you were still doing the same thing. I yeah. saw you yeah. like, you're like, but this is when the doctor said I shouldn't come. So I didn't come. And you were like piecing up together this narrative. You were trying to figure out how this yeah. thing happened in the same way that I was wondering how this thing happened. And it made me realize that it's not so much trying to understand what happened. It's like your brain yeah. still can't accept it. Yeah. You can lay out the facts and say Aiden died of whatever it is, his heart rate just yeah. his heart just broken and that's why and that's why he died that's not what i'm searching for when i'm circling the drain and being like and then what happened and then what happened and then what happened and then i they told me to do this and i did this i did everything right that's not because i don't yeah. know it's because it <laughs> happens when you yeah. have a child and i don't think i think we're looking to make sense of something you can't make sense of yeah because i i still did okay so they just gave me her medical records uh and i they came in a giant box right and i was like i can't do this i can't do this then one night i'm like i'm gonna do it like three nights ago <laughs> and i so i sit down and i'm like okay and i don't smoke cigarettes and i bought a pack of cigarettes because i used to i'm like i'm gonna smoke and i'm like i'm gonna go through this and i well did deserved it. yeah i felt so nauseous at the end <laughs> and then i read it all and it's like okay i saw like probably just brief, briefly reading. I didn't intensely read it. I saw five or six major mistakes that caused Miranda's death. And none of them were connected. One, mm -hmm. some of it was from the ambulance, some was from her doctor, some was from different people. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I had my own things that I maybe did wrong. And my ex and all that. It doesn't matter. Like I realized that at the end when I closed the box, I'm like, I thought I'd feel better seeing like, oh, look, she was going to die anyway. Or, oh, look, no, it didn't make it feel any difference. You're, I'm still trying to find what I can correct to make her come back yes. now. Like, it's like, that sounds yeah. stupid, but it's like, maybe if I could figure it out, then she'll pop back in, you know? That's exactly the mindset. Yeah. That's yeah. That is like the mindset. I, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to go through it. But I also think that, like, like I know with you, you guys, you question with Aiden and, like, you question, like, did I do something wrong? Have you, like, sometimes I think, okay, everyone says, oh, no, Christine, you did everything you knew. You, people probably tell you guys the same. You did everything, you, you know. But what about if you're the parent that did make a mistake? Still, you're like, still, you didn't, you're still you allowed to grieve yeah. and you still, still probably are doing that searching and it still doesn't yeah. matter that you have the answer. They're still dead. And it still doesn't and, yeah, make sense. And, and you didn't do it on purpose. Like you didn't yeah. say, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll forget my baby on the roof of the car, you know, or whatever. 
I mean, people yeah. can't imagine that. Like something happens, yeah. you you fuck up. Excuse me, yes. but you make a big mistake and your baby dies because of it. You didn't do it up. So then I think to myself, like, what am I, do I think I'm going to feel better if I find out? Yeah. Like, it's almost like I'm looking for something that's going to make me feel better. And None of it's going to yeah. make you feel better. None of it's going to make you feel better. Yeah. And I think that's a message that's like good to hear in this community too because when you're ba- when it's a baby either you're yeah. pregnant and you're the one responsible for their care because they're growing inside of you or a newborn yes. baby and you're responsible for their care i think it's very easy to say it should have been within my control to prevent right. this and even if you've made choices that maybe weren't the best choices like it's you still didn't they still shouldn't have died they, they still right. you still don't deserve to have your child die in any of these scenarios. I remember one of the things that I felt after Aiden died was like annoyed that I had to go, like I had to invest so much time and energy into his life while he was alive. And I wonder like if I had paid for like college or if I had (laughs) paid for like a million camps and sports activities, like do you ever feel like annoyed that you invested so much just for her to die? (laughs) No, no. This is a goober. Now, um, I, I don't, I kind of wish that I had spent more because that means more experiences she had, you know, I kind of, wow. really wish... just like more experiences. Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah, like just... I wish, I wish that she, I spent tons of money on, on forcing, I, I sent her to rehab. Okay. Now in hindsight, she didn't really need to go to rehab. She was partying. I talked to a bunch of her friends and. God, people party like professionals now. Like they're all like, "Yeah, we party right like that too." And I'm like, "Wow, you were like <laughs> hardcore." I thought she had a major problem. We didn't party as hard, and I thought I partied hard. But um, I spent probably two hundred thousand on rehab. Wow, uh, they were just taking my money. But I, I spent money. Yeah, I college funds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, I would, and as you guys both know, if you give every cent you have to have them back. Yes. About the cents, it's like, it's like, I remember one day I went, I I know I told a story on the podcast before, I spent one day at the doctor, I waited like eight hours to see this doctor about an issue that wasn't even an issue and my stitches were hurting and I was so, it's like the time also, but what you're saying is like, yeah, but it was worth it. I got to spend time with her and I wish I would have just gotten to spend the time with her. Yeah, I would give anything to spend another minute, as you guys would, too. I think it's yeah. hard, though, like, okay, so, like, do you have another child as well? I do not have any living <laughs> children. So yeah, hopefully eventually. <laughs> oh, I'm sure if you want it, you'll have one. But <laughs> I I think sometimes, too, like, okay, so I feel bad for Corey because he, he misses his sister. And she was yeah. very much like a mother to him. And he misses her. And, like, that's the thing. I mean, with Judah's daughter... Judah's daughter doesn't get to meet her son. She's never going to get, well, I guess I can say his name. (laughs) Yeah. She's never going to get to meet him. She only knows your eyes. She only knows what you say. Yeah. Like when I think about like grief support for like siblings, like there's, is there going to be a community out there for her that's going to see her loss? Yeah. Yeah. It's invisible almost. It's more yeah. visible in my life than it is in her life. And yeah. in some ways you could say there's positives and negatives. Like Corey is 
holding this tremendous loss. But on the other hand, people can acknowledge and see and empathize with his loss. And with my daughter, it's like she never existed at the same time. So people, maybe people would think, or or even the grief community, like I worry, like, or even I just worry that she won't feel the loss at all. Yeah. Like I worry that she will never miss him. She will in the feel way it differently. She'll feel it differently, Judah. You know, like she's not going to feel it the way. And that's the thing with my son. I'm realizing, like, I'm imagining he's feeling it the way I'm feeling it. And I yeah. mean, I know he's really sad, but yeah, like, how is it for her? How is it going to be for her to not know? Like, she doesn't know. Like, she just knows what you're telling her. And yeah. that's a loss. That's another loss, you know? That's yeah. another yes. loss for your family is that you have to grieve not having your kids play together, you know, or like, it's just like a series. It seems like of losses and losses and they all suck. The only <laughs> thing, I mean, I will say this and, and it's probably wrong and controversial, but people like I have a friend right now who lost her dog and I love my dogs. I love my dogs, but my biological cellular self yes. is not going to keep looking for my dog. Like I'm sad, yes. but it's, it's, it's different. Not the same. Like it, it's not the same. And like, and I've, I've had people say that like, you know, well, <laughs> you know, I just lost my, my dog, dog is my baby. Yeah. I don't know how you, I know how you feel. Cause I just lost, lost my dog. And I'm like, yeah, maybe not yeah. quite, but yeah, you know what it feels to feel pain. Yeah, you know? yes. I, I think I actually think like the, the best way to say it is it's just not the same. Like, right. I don't want to yeah. tell anybody that the worst loss they've ever had is not the worst loss they've ever had. And mm -hmm. I haven't I haven't lost a parent. I, yeah. you know, I haven't I have lost, you know, I've had certain losses in my life. There are some I haven't experienced. And it's true. I don't know what that feels like. What I can tell you. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's just when not I went the that, same. Yeah. When I went to that on-site um, and, and they did, so the way they did it is in the morning you had um, like a class. This was at Hayden's house? No, this was um, on-site, the life after oh, loss. right. It's, on a, it's in Tennessee. And they said that you went to a class in the morning and you learned stuff about grief. And it was mm -hmm. not like well, we think it's like, it's been proven, like it was more scientific. And then yes. in the afternoon, you went and did group work with therapists that specialize in grief. And um, one thing that jumped out to me was the thing uh, as, as a mother, it's like on a cellular level that your, your yep. child was in you always because yep. you're born with right. your eggs. Your, your child was always there. And now they're not and your body is, it's really is looking like it really is, has that feeling. And they said, it's even different, like mothers and fathers, not again, not to say one is more painful than the other, mm -hmm. but on a father, it's more like a, a protective thing. Like I f failed to protect my child, mm -hmm. you know, it was interesting. Some of the stuff that they taught me did help me like to, kind of put some stuff in my head. The there's right this one study, thing. there's this one study that was done. Um, it was actually done by um, one of the researchers was Dr. Rick Goldstein of the Roberts program. He's a SIDS researcher, mm -hmm. um, but he also studies parental bereavement just in general, mm -hmm. not just babies. 
um, or SIDS. Um, and one of the the studies is about like attachment between specifically between mother and child mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. mothers who lose children are one of the groups that is most um, at risk for prolonged grief disorder. Mm -hmm. um, now we could have a whole other separate conversation about whether grief in any form should be considered a disorder, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into that, but essentially yeah. whatever those characteristics are, um, that, that indicate it being kind of, kind of prolonged, unexpectedly long, difficult to manage. Um, mothers who lose children, um, specifically mothers who lose children, not fathers, um, are, are at the highest, highest risk. I think mm -hmm. the other category was people who lose someone to suicide, if, if I remember correctly. I'll mm -hmm. try to find that study and link it in the description. But I, I remember reading that study and feeling so validated that I right. was like, yeah. oh, it is just as bad as I think. Like, I am not... Yeah. I am not crazy. In fact, it's actually right. really normal and sane to feel as distressed as I do. Well, I, like what, I like what you just yes. said because it's like a validation. Like, yeah, I'm not crazy. I'm yeah. not crazy. Like, and again, this is not yeah. to minimize the loss for any other type. Like, I know bereaved grandparents really struggle. I know bereaved fathers really struggle. The three of us here are bereaved mothers. And what we're saying is our experience is really hard. We're not yeah. saying anybody else's experience is not hard. We're just saying it's not hard in the exact same way that our experience has been hard. Exactly. It's different. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, like, all right, you, you cut off a leg and you cut off an arm. You got two different things going on. Yeah. Like, two right? different long-term like, issues that you have to deal with. And I, yeah, I only can get one shoe. <laughs> and, you know, and the other one is like, I can't like, you know, wipe my ass. Like you got a lot of stuff, like different, different problems. And I think mothers... Uh, like we're like completely the amputee, right? We've got nothing's working some days. Nothing I used to worked. say, I used to say, I felt like all my skin was gone. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it, I was just raw and exposed yeah. to every element. You know, that's yep. how it really felt in the beginning. Was, was something like that. that you also said to me in the past that really resonated was when we spoke about Miranda's friends because. Mm -hmm. You said it's hard for you to mm -hmm. watch Miranda's friends continue in life. Mm -hmm. um, and I, Aiden didn't have friends. Mm -hmm. And it's like a differentiating, I find that a little different. There aren't yeah. other people to help me carry this loss, but also yeah. that pain. Also, I don't see and experience the pain of that friend, you know, her friend graduating college without her. Yeah. You know, he didn't have that direct comparison in that way. Yeah. And that's kind of like hard in a way, because you want people to remember your, your babies. All right. And it, pro now, you can punch me. Well, no, you can't punch me because I'm long distance, but I mean, you might think that it, it is like, you might notice people seem to forget your children easier. They forget about it because your children were, didn't necessarily impact their lives. All right. So they might think about them occasionally, whereas someone who was a kid that was older, yeah. Um, yeah, you played on a sport with them or you were their first boyfriend or girlfriend. How is you it when you see them. these people around? Like, how is it when you see these people? It's, it's weird. Like, okay, so I just saw one last week and it put me into a tailspin, but I was like, it's like a catch 22. So she has like four or five people, friends that reach out to me and I, it's not the ones I would think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, one of them was her best friend, but the others like were childhood friends, but they think about Miranda still. And so it makes me feel really happy when they 
they're in town and they say, oh, we want to see you. Like they know how much I miss Miranda. They knew how much I loved her and they want to connect with me because it connects them to Miranda. So it feels great that they remember her and they are talking about her, but it feels bad in a way because then they're talking about all the stuff they're doing and I can't help but drive home thinking she's supposed to be doing that. Or she, like the la last weekend I saw one of the friends and she said, um, we're having our 10 year reunion. She goes, Oh my God, we're having our 10 year reunion. Can you believe that? Okay. Then she kept talking about other things <laughs> in life. And all I kept thinking about was that 10 year re reunion. And then finally I had the chutzpah to say to her, you know, can you do me a favor? Can you make sure that there's a picture of Miranda there? And she's like, of course, of course I will. But I was just like, Miranda would have been psyched to go to 10 years. So it's like a yeah. weird, weird bag. Cause you, I want them to remember her and I want them to seek me out. But I also, it makes you feel bad that they're not yeah. just like you probably seeing all these posts on Facebook, right. Of kids going to, preschool and they have a little yeah. picture on the step and you're yeah. like my son would be going to preschool this year he'd be yeah. just about to turn three yeah but and you, you know what if we yeah. feel so good though in a way yeah. that is different we just feel so good if one of those like if someone if he had a classmate who would bring a picture of him to preschool but it's like that right. burden falls all on me yeah always, always falls on me i have this huge heavy load to continue on his memory and there's no one that helps me carry that i mean alina and honestly this podcast but like in general i carry this huge load there's no one to bring a picture no one and that yeah. is hard i it think about me. that i think about that with you because i think about for you like yeah like if you stop talking about him no one will talk about him he no one exist. will talk about him and it's, it's not like yeah, it's not like you're going to be sitting there at one of your family holidays and someone's going to go, oh, remember when he did this or when, yeah. you know, so it's up to you to say, oh, he would be doing that. Mm -hmm. so we had Shiva. Mm -hmm. for Aiden. I was talking to a friend whose her dad died recently and she was telling me about Shiva. She said like, oh, the Shiva was so wonderful. Like we got to hear all these amazing stories, you know, about her dad. And she was like, it was so healing. And I thought back to our Shiva, there was, it was, no one was going to say anything. There was nothing to say. And it's not only that they died tragically. Like, I mean, it, it's not only that. It's just that there's no one who had, you know, very few people have a story about him. There's nothing to say. He exists through me. They, that's the only way that he has, a, and that's lonely and isolating. And happy. it actually, some this is reminding me too. I, I really feel a burden and, um, and I really love it. It's, it's both, um, that I'm the main rememberer of his life. Mm -hmm. So I, the burden comes in that everyone else who was in his life, who does genuinely grieve his loss, I think they feel closer to him when they're around me, which um, is, which is, which is, wonderful and a and a gift and feels like a privilege to be kind of that person and carrying his memory forward and it's I'm so glad I got to spend this time with him that I did and get to know him so well and be his person you know but mm -hmm. it is also a burden like on difficult days if people want to be closer to him 
I'm not, I'm not inviting them into my home to be closer to me, to be closer to him. Like I, I don't feel any closer to him being around other people. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do sometimes feel this thing like, oh, should I have a birthday party for other people to remember him so that, you know, but like, it's not for me, it's for them. And and that Mm -hmm. is, that is challenging just because they don't have as much of their own memory and connection with them. You know, something else that you guys have in common that I'm not sure if you know, if you have in common. Well, actually Lena's remarried now, but Alina separated from her partner who was Quinn's parents are both, you know, single parent families. Mm -hmm. To these yeah. children, you don't have yeah. at least a family unit like a spouse yeah. that also shares in these memories. So, Christine, how has that shaped your grieving experience being single? It's a little bit about what you you were talking. What she just mentioned, like I yeah. feel like it's my all on me, and you mentioned it's all on me to keep Miranda's memory going. But I also, I'm hesitant to. I mean. You're, you're young, so there's a lot of reasons why you wanted to get back into a relationship. I, I think it holds me back from even opening up because I think nobody's going to know me. Nobody's going to really know me because you would have to know Miranda. You yes. know? So even though um, Miranda's father is a, a, a complicated individual is a nice way to put it. Um, <laughs> he's complicated. I still, there's a still a weird feeling when I'm with him that I feel like complete, you know, like, because it's like, we both miss her. Yes. You know, he understands. He remembers her being born. He remembers all the stuff about her. Yeah. You know, so don't you find like you're with someone new now. Yeah. They can understand your experience, but they, they never knew quit. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, I think everything you just said, it really resonates. I I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, Kaylee and I, Kaylee is um, Quinn's other parent. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a connection between the two of us that didn't, wasn't severed by our divorce. Um, And it's, we have this child who we adore. If Quinn were alive, we'd be active co-parents to him, even in a divorce situation. Um, And what you said about like, feeling complete like I when I you know if Kaylee and I are getting coffee like it's there is something just so profoundly wonderful about set, being able to say do you remember that noise he used to make when you know mm-hmm. that one toy would come out and mm-hmm. for her to be like yeah I do remember that noise like just the the yeah. shared yeah. catalog of of memories and the she knows him better than anyone except me and yeah. and to be around someone who is so close to to my son is is really special and it makes me want to have a relationship with her forever despite the fact that we are exes and divorced um yeah. it adds a layer of love into a into an otherwise could be you know possibly contentious situation just because we have yeah. this shared this baby who we love yes yeah. forever yeah. baby um mm-hmm. and and on the other hand my new partner my new husband one of the things that was a deal breaker for me going into a new relationship was if they're not willing to get to know my son. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. that is not, if they're saying that's in the past and not something I'm interested in talking about, that would not have been the right person for me mm-hmm. um, because being mm-hmm. Quinn's mom is more a part of my identity than probably anything else. Does your new partner is, are they able to like somewhat, understand when you're 
Because you know you wake up and you're just having a bad day. Yeah. Like there's no reason for it. It's yeah. it's a Thursday. It's not like Thursday was your kid's favorite day or something. Yeah. But you just wake up and you like really are longing for your yeah. child. He does a really right. good job with it. I think that uh-huh. the thing that we had to negotiate um, at this point, I think he's really fully in it and totally gets it. There was a time, you know, early in our relationship where he was like, I can handle it. Like, let me in. Like, let me take care of you and all this stuff. And I was like, you can't handle it. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> like, yeah. you can't handle it. Um, yeah. And so I had to really follow my own intuition around what was too much for someone who was outside of this community. And I think I did a good job, but his intuition w- was just not yeah. not properly calibrated. He did not yes. understand just how bad it is. And now he's certainly seen it. He doesn't understand it inside his own heart and his body, but he's seen it. He's definitely witnessed just how bad it is. And he's he's kind of integrated how to take care of me or or when he needs to step away for his own self um, at this point. But yeah, he, he definitely did not understand. He also had never had, has never had a significant loss in that way like yeah. he hasn't lost yeah. a parent or a, or a partner or anything so i think he just didn't have that same for that process. Yeah. but yeah. he's he's really wonderful and the thing is like judith and i say this all the time like we are each other's grief partners like judith's husband although yeah. they're together and love each other and live in the same home and remember aiden together her husband is not her grief partner we are grief partners so like there's a significant portion of my of my grieving and the care I need as a griever that comes from outside of my romantic relationship. And yeah, I think that's I, healthy for my romantic relationship, honestly. I was actually going to say that because I, can we say Judas husband, Judas partner's no. name or whatever? I'll leave his name out. Judas husband. So I don't say his name either. With, with him and a couple of my other girlfriends that's husband, you know, that have lost children and their husband, they're married. Yeah. And, um, as much as I miss having that to like having that person with me that gets it, I also am very grateful in some ways that I don't yeah. because I don't have to worry about. Yeah. It doesn't look good. We're not missing a lot of Like I don't have to worry about like what he's yeah, feeling yes. or what he's thinking or I don't have to worry if he's like, oh, what is, is he going to be okay? Like he's grieved. Like, it's like, yeah, my ex's problem. Like I do feel for him and all that, but it's his problem. A hundred percent. I'm yeah. with and, you, Christine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I, you know, and I don't, I don't, it's, it's awful, but, um, but I do watch like couples and yeah. there's a whole other thing going on too. Yeah. You know, there's a whole yep. other thing going on. So I, I, I don't know that we I can know I, somebody who, we know someone who had a daughter that passed away and she was remarried to a new guy. So they, yeah. they also have a complicated dynamic because it's not his daughter that died, but she's yeah. still married. So it's like, it's complicated. All these variations have their own positives and negatives and drawbacks mm-hmm. and benefits. It's very complicated. It's very, it's very complicated. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're right. You have a, there's a lot of benefits, and also Lena and I talk about how different we are now that we had the loss, and the ability for her and you to choose a partner in this new version of yourself. In some yeah, ways, yeah. is also good because I'm a different person, and my husband's a different person, and we happen to continue to be compatible. But there's like also parts of us that are no longer compatible, and that made sense yeah. because we were pre-loss, and in this post-loss world, we're having to like force things together. And Alina, 
she shows up as this brand new person. Her partner loves exactly who she is on this day for what she is, including the loss. They don't have to like yeah, reconcile yeah. anything. Exactly. Yeah. He has, and he's one of the only people in my life. Judith is the other person who they are not expecting me to all of a sudden snap back to a person I was before. They never even knew that person. They like this yeah. person. And it is really freeing to just be able to just be, be who you are. myself yeah. and not have this specter of old Alina kind of hanging over yeah. me. And I think that's, that is like the theme of this conversation. And I don't know if we had this as literally the theme of this conversation in, intentionally, but is that the, these losses, the circumstances can be so different and things can be good and bad about a particular circumstance. Like we're talking now about, you know, we started with the conversation between losing an adult child versus losing a, a baby or a young child. It's very different. Things are harder. Things are more, more easy in certain ways, more painful, less painful. Having a, losing a child after a divorce, painful in some ways, less painful and easier in other ways. But it's all bad. It it's sucks. All bad. sucks. No <laughs> one would choose any of this. So I was talking to this one lady and she cracked me up because she, and she'll never listen to this podcast so I can say it. Like, I never saw her. I knew her before. I never saw her as someone I would want to be. Okay. I kind of thought she was a pain in the ass and a bit of a snob. But when I lost Miranda, she reached out to me and she really helped me a lot in the beginning. And then we were sitting talking one day and she said, the worst thing is I feel, she goes, do you feel this way? She's like, I feel like before I lost my son, people used to look at me and envy me. Like, oh my God, she has like the perfect life. And now she says, nobody wants to be me. And I thought, well, I never wanted to be you anyway. <laughs> but I, but but I got what she was saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, one, no one picks being us, right? Like, yeah, and I do think that too. Yeah. Like, this is like on my worst days. I'm like, yeah, everybody's got stuff going on, but most people at least have alive kids. Like, yeah. all their kids are alive. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm sure it's really stressful, whatever shit you have going on. But like, at no. least at the end of the day, you can lie in bed and say, but at least I have my children. Like, I, I can't say that. There are people who, like, are in refugee camps, starving in the winter cold, huddling around, like, one campfire for five billion people. And they're like, oh, but at least we have our family and we're together. Yeah. yeah. We, okay, honestly, we would be like, oh, I'll trade places. I'll trade places. <laughs> you got all of them. Awesome. Awesome. All of them refugee awesome. camps. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's sad, but it's true. There is nobody that wants to be us. There's nobody that wants to be us. But at least we're funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's and true. you know what? I don't know if this bothers you guys. I was I was thinking this t today too. It's unpredictable, right? Like yes. we're funny right now and we're laughing. Yes. Yes. I mean, you that's know, this really podcast, really Christine. Some of these episodes of this podcast are real fucking bummers. <laughs> right? Right. It's just like it's like so unpredictable. Our our who we are is unpredictable. Yes. Now, see, you both are young and, and still have your lady bits intact, in but, <laughs> but our ovaries me, haven't shriveled, like, as you said so eloquently earlier. Yeah, mine are gone. All right. But I remember being your age and like right before I got my period, I would turn into this major bitch. <laughs> And yes. it was unpredictable, uncontrollable. Yes. And now I 
I recognized that with grief. Yes. Like out of nowhere, I turn into like this really sad, withdrawn, like really awful place. And it's like, ugh. And, and I find myself being like, both. Alina, you shouldn't feel so upset. You were fine five minutes ago. And I actually think that's yeah. one of the, if I can just like say like one of the skills I've learned as a griever over these years is like, I don't have to, just being randomly upset at one point is actually normal and expected. Even though it's unexpected yes. in that moment, it's actually really normal and expected. And I don't have to do anything about it. I just got to feel it. Remember Judith feel when it. you used to have to lay on the floor? All the time. Used Alina. to. Used to. Used just to last week. Me. Just last week, I paid my therapist to sit on the screen and lay on the floor next to me. I just <laughs> lay there on the floor. I love that. Though. Just sat there watching me laying on the floor. Yeah, all the time. All yeah, the time. My life floor. is not easy. Yeah. Still, yeah. now two and a half years well, later, it's very difficult. Yeah. When you can't lay on the floor, I found a new thing for you. So I was talking to this woman. Um, this is lady. She does like women's workshops for grief um she's not a therapist but she lost her son and she does these really cool like one day workshops her name's rosie dalton and i did therapy with her well not really therapy but i met with her once a week for um like two months and it helped a lot because she knew your coaching type thing yeah Yeah. exactly and she does that with people yeah she does that but she told me and I i thought of you like so because you can't always lay on the floor. Like the floor might be wicked dirty or you might like get on a, <laughs> like on a subway. It could be yeah, like an airplane. urine filled or whatever. <laughs> so she had said, when you're in that state that you just, you have to be able to snap yourself out of it, but you can't. She told me, fill up a bowl of wa- like ice and water, fill up a bowl and stick your hands in it. Mm-hmm. And it will shock your system into That's- kind of shaking out of it. Like, so if yes. you have to, if you have to do like, a, if you're feeling awful and you have to do something and you have to perform, yeah. you can actually shock yourself with just a bowl of water and ice. And it, it works. That's a pro tip from veteran griever, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay!